Welcome to another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. I am your host, Rob McCallum, a.k.a. Rob McZob, and it is such a pleasure to be here with you and you and you and you for yet another lovely Monday evening to talk toys and whatever else we say we want to talk about because this is our show. And when I say we, I mean we got another person that I have to introduce, and that, of course, is the Adora to my Shira, Mr. Jay Bartlett. Welcome to the show, Jay. Hey, what's up, big haircut? <laughs> oh, well, don't shun me because I decided to join society. Isn't oh. it time for you to have a haircut? No, we were just talking. Uh, I think 2014 was the last time I had like shorter hair. Oh, and what was her name? I, I, I think. And what was her name? I don't remember. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, the story about when I oh when I shave my when I shave my cut when I shave my head. We don't talk about that, but thank you for bringing it up on the air. Hey, I appreciate it. That's what I'm here to do. Um, no, I, it looks great. Um, I noticed on your post there was a lot of speculation. I think Ian said, "Oh, he just slicked it back or whatever and put some gel." Maybe that's Danny. I think Danny said that actually. Um, they, they didn't believe that the that the the legendary blonde locks came out. With a hint of strawberry. The locks are with a hint of strawberry scent. Yes, I am the strawberry shortcake of the show, I suppose. <laughs> and you can be the purple pie man with your long with your long fingers. Sure. Uh, I'm ready. I'm, I feel like it's been like three weeks since we recorded. And in fact, has only been seven days. How, how does this seem to go? I mean, I, I miss it. I know we're very busy in between. And this week we start production on Five Favorite Figures after we had a... Uh, big production meeting a few days ago big hero meeting big friday hero meeting mm -hmm. that was fun so uh, what rob and i did we had a weekly meeting as we often do on the phone um and we talked about the different episodes i'm not going to give anything away the different episode uh titles and the different figures that we wanted to bring into these five favorite figure lists and then we separately we went our own separate ways and you made your list and I made my list and originally we were going to show each other but then you said the other day no I'm not going to look at your list let's keep the element of surprise I'm, I thought that was a really great idea but my yeah, list is I done mean, and I think yours is pretty much done so it's getting there I mean the thing is we're trying this is a whole new concept it's not like taking what we do now and then basically tweak it for a half hour time slot on TV Five Favorite Figures is a brand new kind of monster, and we're toying with a bunch of different ways for it to roll out. I, at one point, I wanted uh, viewer suggestions to say, hey, Jay and Rob, why don't you make a list around this? Another point, I was going to do a randomizer. But this feels a little bit more pure and in spirit with the show, where we decide on a theme mutually, and then we go off and create a list, as if, like, okay, no, he fell for this. It's like jury selection. It's like, hmm, let's do <laughs> this trial it's the trial of, you know, whatever it is, heroes or <laughs> villains or, or whatever. And you go pick your jurors and I'll go pick my jurors. And then the yeah. judge, which the kids in this case, get to decide, you know, who's who's more accurate. So, uh, yeah, that that's that's the fun part. And, I mean, again, our big TV show, we're TV heroes now. Big, <laughs> big TV toy guys. Watch out. Here we come in the toy aisles. Ah! We're ready to, to start delivering a bunch of the other content, too. And I'm... Kind of, pay, I'm killing some time right now to just bring up the project file so I can announce the episode topics for the Jane Rob Toy Show TV edition. Oh, we're what doing do you that. Can you tell them? Yeah, let's do I it. I thought we could just just announce the the episode topics. Yeah, sure. I think that's a, a great idea. We got all right. A bunch so of people in chat. So that's great. I'm sure everyone wants well, to hear. I, I will. I will get to them when I decide I'm done. Uh, let's start off the first, the, these are, in, these are in the episode orders now, because I've finally organized which way I want them to roll out. Cause we never know how they're going to go. Uh, episode one is the rules of collecting. Now, anybody that's listened to this show and watched us week to week knows we have a lot of rules. So I thought, you know what, this is a really good episode to kind of bundle all our rules together. The second episode, Jay is scale. What do you think? Uh you know what's funny while you're going through the, this list that the production or, or the shooting for that went so fast 
dude, I don't even remember what the topics are. Um, and then I remember I, I said this last week too. It was like, okay, well, we're done. We're done shooting. Friday's the last day. I'm like, we are. Like, did we even start? But uh, yeah, keep going. I don't remember these. Yeah, it was it was a whirlwind, and we're taking our time a little bit more with five favorite figures for a bunch of reasons. One, I I know I have to source some of the figures that I don't necessarily have in my collection, but fit those themes a little perfectly. And two, it's a more complicated shoot, so it takes a little bit longer to produce than just a, a TV version of what you're seeing here. Sure. Um, so scale was episode number two. Packaging is episode number three. Uh, episode number four is collecting the same. So we've talked about that on this show before, too, collecting the same figure over and over again. Uh, and why uh, episode five is exclusives. Uh, we're talking online, retail, conventions, mail-aways. That one was fun. I remember that. Everything in between. Uh, episode six was vehicles, which was a lot of fun. To Another go great one. Through all the, all the different vehicles and how they work in some lines versus not other lines. I don't want to give too much away. Episode seven was collecting by decade. Now, this episode yeah. was very hard to cut down. We talked for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> collecting decade by decade, trying to get us to where we are now and, and the pros and cons of different evolutions and trends that emerged each decade but it was good so i look forward to people checking that one out episode eight female action figures which is you know every case that you would get of a figure of a figure line in the 80s it would have like you know four he-mans four skeletors trap jaw man-at-arms one tila so talking yeah. about that whole the the token female character for the lines in in the 80s specifically for some lines anyways and how that how that's changed a lot now so Thank After God the episode. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, and then episode nine is Star Wars Part oh, One. Part One. Which, <laughs> which makes episode 10 Star Wars Part Two. Wow. So, you so did, there you go. You did decide to go with those. Wow. I didn't. Yeah, I remember we did the two parts. Yeah, that one obviously was a, a ton of fun, I think, for, for both of us. Just to. Uh, I mean, that's the one constant. I mean, I've collected my whole life. Um, you know, I've taken years off here and there, right? But Star Wars... <laughs> Collecting takes the, years off, that's for sure. It takes all the years yeah, off. Star Wars was the constant where, you know, no matter what, you know, if I took a break from Joe's or Transformers, it was Star Wars never went away from me. So that one was, yeah, a ton of fun. And we went back and yeah, forth it, on, on, on which IP we should do. And it really wasn't a question, you know. I mean, Masters and Transformers, I think, were up there too. But it was, you got to do Star Wars. You have to. Yeah, and it wasn't originally planned as a two-parter. But the more we talked about it, we just ended up, you know, doing vintage. Everything up to like 85 and then 95 on. And both of those shows were really long. So the good news is, if you're a Patreon backer... Uh, not only are you going to get every single one of those episodes doled out at some point to you, probably after er, we get legal approval, and then the sound mix gets in there, you'll get it kind of one... I don't know how often you'll get it, but you'll get them. But then you'll also get... <laughs> but then I, don't you'll also get I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. Pretty much. That's how we do things here. Uh, you'll, you'll get them at some point, but you'll also get... I think two bonus episodes we did one for sure, yeah. but there, there was at least two. And then we can even look at doing longer cuts of some of these things. Cause some of these chats yeah. that we had back and forth were, like I said, an hour long just going back and forth with different examples, uh, weighing the pros and cons, agreeing with each other, and disagreeing with each other. And it's really, really interesting. Cause I shot my portion in my studio here and uh, Dave, uh, God bless Dave, our, our camera guy. Um, he was at my place because uh, just to make sure everything was right because you couldn't be here in person, all that uh, good pandemic stuff. And um, <laughs> literally, I'm staring down the barrel of the camera for, you know, God knows how long we, we talked about whatever we talked about. And poor Dave, a couple times, like, I, he, he wasn't nodding off, but I could see, like, he was tapping his foot because I know he was getting numb. And I started to feel bad. I'm like, because he can only hear the one side of the conversation. You can only hear what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm like, this poor guy. But, hey, that's what he gets paid hey, the big bucks why, for. That's right. I was just going to say, that's how Dave makes the big bucks. He goes over to your house, has to break a sweat for, you know, four hours. Yeah. And then he gets to call it a day. He just has to hear one half of a dolly talk. That's and you it. know what? That's a pretty good life to live. Now, Dave is also, uh, between two production shows, has created another awesome 
uh, painted acrylic backdrop for us. So that'll be featured yeah. in five favorite figures. And I think I'm going to do all the figures on it. Um, you're going to have a different color tone than I will, just like we did for a Jay and Rob toy show. When we do action figure spotlight at the end, oh, sweet. Uh, you'll see how some of the colors look a little bit there. I should probably show you an episode now that I think about it at some point, I'll, I'll get around to it. Maybe. I know whenever you feel like it, that's okay. I'll, I'll take well, you it. know what? Maybe I'll just let you watch it with everybody else. You know what, Jay, if you want to see the show, you become a Patreon backer and I'll get them to you at some point. Speaking of just watching it like everybody else right now, at uh, Big Bad Toy Store, you can get the Blu-ray of Action Figure Adventure Season 1. And I can't tell you how excited I was to bring up that website to search our TV show and have it come up. And uh, I, I might have ordered one just because I had to do <laughs> Really? Uh, well, it's in the card. I haven't bought it yet. <laughs> <laughs> the point is... Perfect sales pitch for everybody else. The point is, right now, guys... Big Bad Toy Store, you can pick up your copy of Action Figure Adventure Season 1 right this second. It'll be at your door in a week, two weeks. However you pay for the shipping, that's how quick it'll be there. But it's there right now. And I should say that there's probably only like 20 copies left because you can actually check the drop-down menu of Big Bad Toy Store to see wow. how many copies are, of, are left when it comes to the books and stuff like that. Wow. Um, in fact, Jay, I am going to bring it up right now. Just, just, just to see. Just to see what's left. Yeah. Just and to see what's left. I'm so guessing the, it's about twenty. What, what's the word uh, for everyone out there for you know if we might do a second printing or not? Does that all depend still, or or is this kind of it? Oh, this is probably going to be it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. Uh, this would have to do incredibly well to warrant a, another run. Um, yeah, it looks like there's twenty two left right now. So. Well, I got one of the cards, so that's 21. Well, there you go. That's all the copies that are left in the wild. If you didn't back it on Kickstarter, our Kickstarter backers <laughs> are starting to receive their discs. Uh, if you back the four-disc version, the extra special that comes, you know, the 10 episodes for season one, 10 episodes of the after show that features so many of you that supported it, um, that's coming. We had to sign it all locally, as you saw probably on some of our social media. Uh, Jay signed it, I signed it, Kyla signed it, Tanya signed it, Dave signed it, and then it got shipped to Halifax for John to sign it, and now it's going to Justin in the Chicago area to sign it, then it goes to LA, and then it gets packaged, and then it goes to our good friend Tater the Toy Guy in Texas who's shipping out all our discs. So it uh, it's coming. It's coming your way eventually. Really, really exciting, and I like... Um... You often do the alternate art, which is great. So, you know, we're big fans of collector's edition, you know, DVDs and video games and such. So to have an alternate cover is really cool as well. <clears throat> we're getting some uh, chat in the comments now. Some chat in the comments, of course. We're getting yep. comments in the Him chat, too. Jay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, them them as too. well. They're doing their thing with the, with the words that they've got from the language of English. Uh, Shad, our good buddy Shad in Houston says he got his today, which is awesome. Uh, oh, Scott says his is in his pile of uh, loot, which is great. Uh, Danny's asking, could you get the late covers digital copies? And unfortunately, Danny, we have sold the distribution rights to Action Figure Adventure. We retain the disc rights. Uh, we may look at doing more in the future. It's just a costly endeavor to do it. And frankly, it's also a special thing to do. So when you back a Kickstarter, there's nothing I hate more than, you know, not having to put that money up front. And then be basically being able to get it at, at a cheaper cost or at 100% convenience. So there's a little bit about something, especially with this collector mentality that we got. We just can't kind of throw these things out there. And I don't want a garage full of you know DVDs and Blu-rays either. So it's, it's costly and we want to reward our backers. The only reason that some discs became available on Big Bad is, one, they offered to help us out. And two, we basically added extra discs to get to a price break when we were manufacturing them so that we could save a few dollars uh, to get them made in the first place. So that's where that is. Uh, Scott is threatening to do bootlegs of Action Figure Adventure. Well, Scott, you're a scumbag. Just kidding. Love you. Um, what else are you saying? Uh, who else is in the chat here? Whitney's saying hello. She would love to get a copy. Well, go to Big Bad Toy Store, Whitney. Kupski, get it happening. Make it happen. Uh, Lisa's in the chat. She says, uh, rock and roll, heart, heart, rock and roll, horns. A Facebook user is saying, I did say that. That's and Danny, I think. I think oh. that's Danny. Maybe. Taylor the Toy Guy is saying, sup, guys, nice hair. 
Rob McCallum. That is me. Uh, Jay, we have a topic tonight. Uh, it's called, What's New? Does it matter? Not really. What do you <laughs> okay. think? Good night, everyone. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Actually, I got stuff to do anyway, so I'll, I'll see you. Before we get to that, and I just realized this last week, we didn't have our patented trademark sponsorship available slot known as the icebreaker. So mm. let me start it off with an icebreaker this week before we get to our exciting topic of what's new? Does it matter? Uh, the <laughs> icebreaker for this week, Jay, is uh, Easter just passed. Do you ever have any Easter toy memories uh, associated with that holiday? Any toys that you ever got at Easter? Or did you just get lots of chocolate bunnies? Or did you do egg hunt type stuff? <sighs> toy memories? Um, I'm sure there was always some G.I. Joe everywhere. So I'm pretty sure I would have got one or two G.I. Joes. Um, my biggest and most explosive Easter memory is 1990 when I received Super Mario Brothers 3 for the NES. So I know that's not really a toy, but that memory is very special to me. Uh, Mom got me that. But specifically, I don't remember what figures, but I know it was Joe. There was no Star Wars, but it was G.I. Joe. How about you? Yeah, one specific Easter I remember getting something toy-related. There was probably more. My folks didn't really believe in, like, you know, loading me up with candy or anything like that. It just it just was never a, a thing at my house. I would always get, like, three Cadbury cream eggs and a movie or, like, a $20 something. Yeah. And I remember I got the Highway Haunter one year from the real Ghostbusters, which is the yellow oh. bug praying mantis thing that roars up, of course. Yeah. And it was kind of hidden, like, as part of the Easter egg hunt. Now, I didn't have, you know, a ton of eggs or anything to find, but it was fun going on that. And all of a sudden, like, moving a chair back, and there was an egg on top of Highway Haunter. It was like, oh, my God, that is wicked. It was like That's the, I didn't really, I didn't expect it at all, but it was cool to kind of see that. I remember, uh, I, re I was just going to say, I remember mom hiding the eggs and i remember one year I, I only vividly remember once or twice looking for the eggs and i remember just telling her one year as a kid i'm like i don't i don't want to do that anymore can you not hide them anymore and she never did i just didn't like it i didn't like the whole hide and seek thing i just were you like anxious about not being able to find it because because that's yeah. funny now that now that yeah. you're the guy from action figure adventure going and hunting yeah. and looking for stuff yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I also funny that you say that because I didn't like being watched. As hilarious as that is, where the camera's on me twenty four seven. Back then, as a kid, I didn't like being watched, so I didn't like uh, opening presents in front of people. I didn't like hunting for Easter eggs and having you know family members watching me. Uh, strange little things like that, and. Uh, Thank goodness that stuff's no longer with me. I can open presents in front of anybody now. Bring them on. Send me some presents. I'll open them right in front of you. I promise. But like you say in Nintendo Quest, don't you hate it? You know that feeling when somebody gives you a present and they're waiting for you to open it? Man, I hate that. Oh, I hate that it. was in the production van on the way to see Todd. Yeah. Uh, can we, we can't talk about it still, or can we talk about it? No, no spoilers, Jay. We went to see Todd, and um, it was dead silent in the van, and there was a reason for this. But I just started to feel awkward. I'm like, is anyone like going <laughs> to say anything? So our producer, Jordan, uh, Sarah, Rob, everyone was just kind of not saying anything. So I just started talking, and I was feeling very nervous for a very good reason. And um, I just started talking. I'm like, I, I feel nervous. And Rob's like, why? What's the feeling? Like I'm like, you know when you open presents and people are watching you? <laughs> That's what I feel like. Oh, strange! The strange things that happen in this mind of mine, I cannot explain. Cannot explain. That's exactly what I wanted to happen. That's exactly what was supposed to happen. You're and just it, it works. Start talking. It, it works. works. Yeah. It worked. Um, let's get to the new stuff that we're going to be talking about. And hello, Tim. Thanks for joining us in the chat. Uh, so, what's new? Did you see that NECA on Twitter announced Jay? Uh, there was a thousand units limited to a thousand units of the four pack of the disguised TMNT cartoon figures. So these are the turtles with the rubber masks on their face, which are removable and they've got the trench coats and like the jean or denim pants. They come as a four pack and I think they're a hundred bucks for each one. 
something like that. Obviously different for Canadian dollars, but they they had for one day only. I think it was April first. April first. Was they're going to be limited, limited on their eBay store? Oh, okay. That's pretty funny. That's yeah. What did funny. you think of that? Do you think that's a good joke to play I, on collectors who are, who I, are having I, an, an incredibly hard time getting these yeah. figures? Of course, I think it's hilarious. I also like uh, our, our buddy James posted about the new Oracle cartoon, and he had me for a few seconds, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a second. And then I'm like, oh, it's James Enoch. Yeah, this is April 1st. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put down the social media for today. Um, to get back to the NECA thing, I think it's great. I think it's in fun spirits. Um, I'm sure there are some people that, you know, their asses got on fire with anger. But it's like, oh, it's just a joke, man. I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. I, I, oh, I, got, ups- it, so. I got upset. I got you, way upset. You believed it? it? Really? You believed it? And, and oh. What's silly, Jay? What's silly is, look. I have said to myself, like all collectors do, I don't need that. I don't need that piece. I don't need those four disguised turtles. I'm not loving it. I've got my, you know, my 10 back characters and that's all I need from the original run. I don't, I don't need that stuff. I don't like them. Uh, you know, sure. You get some alternate expressions with the different heads and stuff, but I, I don't need them. It's okay. And then of course I see the tweet come up a- as mail <clears throat> because I followed NECA. And so I get a, a mail from from Twitter saying, here's all the, you know, the highlights from people that came out there and it's, you know, April 1st. And I'm like, Oh my God, what I missed this. I was so irritated that I missed it. Cause Twitter was delivering mail like three days later from when like popular tweets happened. And so I'm like going, I'm trying to find it. I'm researching stuff online and on Google. And it wasn't until today that I figured out the April 1st thing. And it's so like five days later. Wow. Yeah, I'm I know. They got you, man. They caught you. They slipping. got me good. As the cool guys say, wow, that's uh, well, uh, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I headline, you know, just the headline got me and I and I went for it. And I that's that collector urge. I got to get it now, you know, fear of missing out. So they, they completely got me. And I guess I want them more than I thought. Now, I should say I didn't spend like five days trying to find these things online. It was a couple searches here and there. But yeah, they got me. So uh, you mentioned, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, what's going to happen now is everyone's going to bitch and complain and say, that's not funny, NECA, and NECA's going to turn around and make them just to save face. That's exactly what's going to happen. You watch. Mark my words. Well, they, they've been teasing them coming out this spring for a while, so it's just a matter of where and how. Mm-hmm. Uh, and given it's a four-pack, I don't know if it's going to be exclusive somewhere. It's kind of a niche version of the Turtles, so I'm hoping that they do online. Uh, or at least, you know, shipping Canada to something like EB where they seem to be more reliably available than having to go on eBay for the exclusive there. Yeah, at least at EB, you know, in Canada here, you can pre-order the stuff. Um, I mean, that's, you know, saves a lot of headache and a lot of stress. So that's that's a good thing. But um, I think a lot of the naked stuff was Walmart. Wait, or no, Target. Target, yeah. So if that's it's a bit case- of both. That's yeah. the case again. We're going to be, it's going to be a difficult one. And it, it might have to be the case, you know, and uh, it's going to be the case, sorry, of us just biting the bullet and having to go on eBay and pay the double value or whatever it is. But see, that's the problem. And I don't want to get into this whole thing again, but that's the problem. It's like if we keep doing things like that, then these resellers are just going to keep thriving. So at some point, we have to say no, divorce ourselves from having to get every single thing that's out there that we love and just say, Hell no, I'm not going to pay that, man. That is ridiculous. I agree. You're caught between wanting to, to get the figures that you want, but also the moral conundrum of like actually, you know, drawing that line in the sand, whereas a collector, you deserve better. It's, it's, it's tough. I want to give a big shout out to Daniel Hook, who's catching this live for the first time. That's, that's awesome that you're able to line up your schedule. I don't know if it's an Easter Monday thing for you, and that's what made it available, but it's really great to have you on board. And and uh, have you catch it for the first time live? I'm sorry to disappoint you with tonight's episode on what's new. Does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned our good friend James Etalk, and you know there's something pretty special that's happening tomorrow for myself and I guess Mr. James Etalk by by proxy. And this is definitely something new and something that does matter. And that is, of course, the faking filmation Kickstarter project goes live sometime in the morning 
Much like the Patreon backers getting the episodes of the Jay and Rob Toy Show, I don't quite know when it's going to go live in the morning. I think around 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, mm -hmm. I'll be able to flip, flip the switch or whatever. Now, Jay, you and I have talked a little bit about Faking Filmation, not really too much in depth, to be honest. I rang you up and said, hey, are you down for an interview to talk about, you know, cartoons? And you, of course, said... Oh, of course. Of course I'm going to be in front of the camera now and, you know, be part of another wonderful Rob McCallum project. I'd love to do that. And, of course, I love He-Man. So uh, James's journey is quite interesting and quite relatable. So I'm looking forward what do you, to it. Yeah. What do you think about Faking Filmation? Because it's, it's a tough one. This guy has spent three and a half years dedicating much of his life and working with you know a handful of volunteers that all love He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, and they've created this ultimate love letter and homage that's almost a perfect fan film in terms of look, sound, yeah. feel. There's there's some fan service in it, but it could seamlessly fit in with the original canon. Sure. And the crux of the story is, of, of course, we're going to showcase how he, how he made it. And it's a phenomenal skill set in order to do this. Just not everybody can do this. It, it takes a James Etock to make a cartoon like that. But now he has barriers and obstacles to have this release. NBC Universal very specifically said, do not release this. This is our material. We own the rights to He-Man and the Masters Universe. If you release this publicly, we're going to fine you. What do you think James should do? Should James just hang it up and say, you know, I'm good. I don't own this. You're right. And walk away. Or should he do something else? You know, man, that's tough. And the problem is, Robin, we were talking about this when you were starting to write it. The problem I have, it's not a problem with it. The problem with what's going to happen is ultimately it's not his property. Um, I've had a few projects in the past uh, related to Star Wars. And without going into detail, I was told similar things where you can do this, but you can't do that. And you can do this, but you can't make a paycheck from it because it's not your IP. Ultimately, unless he, he becomes uh, part of the writing team, it's going to be very difficult for him to do that. Because, yeah, unfortunately, as much as he loves Masters of the Universe, like you love Turtles... Like, I love Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. They don't belong to us. So we can do stuff like this where we can talk about it. We can make nice little videos and stuff like that. But to make a full-fledged cartoon out of clips um, from existing episodes, by the way, is a phenomenal skill. You're absolutely right. Um, just just to do that, I was just going to say, like, yeah, you're, you're going to have some legal looking at you. Well, sure. A couple things. He didn't just take clips from other episodes. What James has done is taken dialogue sound bites. That's what I from, meant, the audio. Yeah. yeah, from any of the 130 episodes and retraced poses from multiple episodes to combine and put together just a single scene. It's beautiful. To, to make it yeah. match. It's, it's, it's crazy. And everything's in HD. You've never seen He-Man look this clean and polished. It's incredible. Now, you're right. James doesn't own the IP to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, but let's not forget the long history of fan fiction that exists. We've sure. seen it with every major brand with stuff getting released. We've seen it with Star Wars. We've seen it with Batman recently raised you know, millions of dollars on crowdfunding to have a Batman fan film get made and have some real talent attached. We've seen it with Star Trek, you know, with yeah. Axanar, and that raised a ton of big headlines. And Paramount finally said, okay, you can make fan films under these circumstances. And they made it very hard. Um, I guess if he's already, what, I, what I'm trying to say is if he's already got the warning, um, going back a bit, to the first one to really let this happen that I remember was George Lucas. George allowed everybody, he put the sound, the different sound effects uh, online for you to take and use. George loved it. He loved the fan stuff. It wasn't until Disney took over that the Iron Hammer came down and stopped all this stuff, which is garbage. If the creator yeah. of Star Wars is telling you it's okay, it's okay. So <clears throat> if James has already had the legal, uh, you know, hammer kind of waved in his face, I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I'm rooting for him for sure. And there's, there's always a way. You, you and I know that. There's got to be a way to get this out there. Yeah, I firmly believe that there is a path to, su to success here. 
I don't yeah. know what it is yet, and I don't know what James is willing to do for it. Given that he's made a 31-minute cartoon so far, yeah, I, I like on pure fandom and passion after you know spending his whole life being shaped by you know He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and Shira and of course Filmation. He's met Lou Scheimer. He sat in Lou's office. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic story about how James got to from where he started to here to begin with. Um, yeah. He doesn't want money for it. He said, you know, uh, the rights holders can have it. They can do whatever they want with it. He just wants it shown publicly, and he wants it out there, and he wants it officially endorsed so that people can enjoy it just for what it is. So we will see what happens if we're successfully funded, of course, on Kickstarter when it goes live on Tuesday, April 6th, probably around 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to check out uh, what James will do with the return of Faker, this 31-minute uh, homage love letter to filmation and he-man and the masters universe get a digital copy get a blu-ray there's a vhs tape we're offering for this one jay a limited edition vhs tape that's, uh that's and really cool. and if you love cartoons of course and if you're watching this you're probably a toy fan which means you also probably love the, the cartoons at least associated with the toys so you will probably like a lot of that stuff as well yeah, I, I, I wish I wish him all the best. I can't wait to see how the journey unfolds. And I know you guys are going to be successful. I mean, it's just the, just the way it is, right? Well, I certainly hope so. It would be nice to have a, another project having, you know, looked at the world of video games a couple times now. Uh, toys and action figures, of course. Heavy metal. Cartoons is that clear, obvious place for me to go. Maybe comic books down the road, but cartoons have always held it a little bit higher regard, or at least they, they speak to me a little bit more than comic books. So it's the natural next stop on the pop culture journey for documentaries, and we'll see if this is the vehicle that uh, that gets us there. I, I did have a question from one of our Patreon backers, Jay, and I kind of wanted to throw it at you. Uh, a couple people have mentioned this. I think Nelson has mentioned it, and Danny has mentioned it, and that's about COVID collecting. It, it seems to be a new thing for people during COVID to get back into toys. Do you think this is something that's going to taper off? You know, is it new or does it matter? Is it going to go away for some people? Is it just like something that they've done to, to bide the time? I think it will certainly tone down when things uh, get back to normal. And if you look at the United States, things are starting to get back to normal. Like they, they really are. And I'm very proud of how things have turned around there. Anyway, that aside, everyone has kind of grabbed onto something during this pandemic um, that brought them happy memories. Um, I've seen a lot of childhood stuff. A, a ton of people are getting back into sports cards, uh, Pokemon cards, uh, video games, of course, and collecting toys. Um, so I think it will slow down, but I think right now it's so heavy because, one, we can't go anywhere. So we're getting this stuff delivered to our house, and it's bringing us joy. It's taking us out of that misery and the fear for you know a couple minutes each day and i think it's a great thing um i certainly don't want it to slow down i know you and i won't slow down in fact we're gonna kick it up to 88 miles per hour and we're gonna go further because we're gonna be getting in the old van again i can't wait for that um but i i don't think i don't i don't know i don't know what do you think do you think it's gonna slow down i, I hard to say man <laughs> I don't think it'll slow down for the foreseeable future. I think if this is a bubble that has been inflated with collectors, that that community will last a few years because I don't think some of these restrictions that we're dealing with are all going to evaporate overnight. Canada is certainly in a completely different scenario than everybody in the U.S. is. We've yep. got you know less than 15% of our popula population with one dose of the vaccine, which... Which doesn't mean that you know people can't go toy hunting or buy stuff online. It just makes it a lot harder to get back to the toy collecting community and the staples of going to conventions and visiting different stores. It, it makes all that a little bit more difficult to do. I think people are going to be with it a little bit longer, especially as prices are high. And anytime that there's you know an influx of new collectors to the hobby, more stuff gets sold because people are buying and then new stuff comes up because people are buying and you know, that gives guys like you and I a chance to see some stuff that maybe not would make it to the, to the sales shelf, so to speak, if sure. there wasn't more demand for some of this older stuff. So I think more collectors is good because that means more items are selling and with more items selling, you get to see more of it out there. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with new collectors at all or, or, or people who are new to the hobby of collecting toys. I think it's wonderful, uh, as we've seen it with our friend Nathan, you know, who uh, was uh, a you know, game collector and he didn't really collect much. And now he's one of us, one of us, right? So he, he went from being Nathan, the gamer guy, to Tater, the, the toy guy. Tater, the toy guy, yeah. He's yeah, going to be that sidekick character that appears in a few episodes uh, on our adventures. I can just see it now. And everybody's going to, they're going to have those like tater fans, you know? I want to go to Texas and hang out with him and, and hang out with Shad again. I think that would be one hell of a time. I just can't wait to just get on the road and go anywhere, to be honest, at this point. Um, praying for a miracle. Praying for a miracle. Um, it certainly is really cool to see someone like Nathan. Uh, get so excited about it through interacting with us and what we do and, and see them kind of transform into this collector. I think it's wonderful. He just showcased the uh, reissue of the 92 Joe base that he purchased and me and him were talking back and forth about he's buying, looking at buying certain lots online and it's really exciting, man. And I love how this hobby is so friendly and it's very contagious and uh, just a big community. It's great. Now, one of the things that happened with uh, the pandemic that happened 100 years ago was there was a bunch of new hobbies that started. So, again, people got into different kinds of collecting and people started, you know, playing different kind of games. And a bunch of board games were developed in the late, you know, 19 teens and early 1920s uh, to help pass the time, which is yeah. pretty obvious. That kind of yeah. thing happens. That got me thinking about playtime. And as you and I were talking about different ways of playing and trying to come up with show notes, I thought maybe you and I could talk about some of our playtime memories and some of the different things that we used to do. Because, of course, you'd have the scenarios where we would <coughs> play the movie or the TV show and have sort of whatever was happening. We got to stop Magneto or, you know, Shredder's done, whatever. But then we came up with other stuff to do above and beyond the recreation or the new storylines. What are some of those those games that you remember that we would play? Well, if you're familiar with our show, um, or just myself and Rob, you've no doubt heard us talking about mix-up. And what mix-up was, and I'm sure a lot of you did this out there, but I know some of you think it's kind of weird, but what we did was we loved all these different series so much that we mixed it up. We, we put everybody together in the same game or the same, we would call them games, right? Like we would, we would play, that would be a game. So we put all the guys together. So we put all the superpowers with the Transformers, with G.I. Joe, with Star Wars, with He-Man, and everyone kind of coexisted in the same universe. And that was a lot of fun because that way, you know, Rob likes Turtles more than I do. I like Joe more than he does. And that way we could always be the characters we wanted to be without having to strictly just play in that one world within the confinements of that one world. Yeah. And the nice thing about that is we both still knew like all the other shows and we knew all the other characters, but the stuff that yeah. we got for Christmas or whatever we bought, you know, was the stuff that we wanted, but you know, that gave you a chance to play with turtles or He-Man stuff. And yep. that gave me a chance to play with transformers and Joe. Now, I think it's pretty common. Like you said, for people to kind of mix characters, I don't think many of us had, so many toys that you know we were just gonna play he-man or we were just gonna play turtles or just play ghostbusters i think kids naturally kind of mash them together even with the scale variances but the game i love most that we play jay was demo bar yeah now, demo bar and i remember this so clearly and, and we were talking about this a couple months ago and you had forgotten some of the details demo bar was a game that you and our good friend heavy-handed darren used to play yeah. And it would basically be kind of like Street Fighter, where you'd have uh, everybody would have a different team, and you'd have like a, the DM, like the dungeon master, and you would have your team in front of you, and you'd have to put a guy forward, and then you'd have to pick a number between 1 and 20, and the 20 represented characters that were behind the shadow curtain. And then, so I would put like Wolverine forward, and I'd pick number 14, and then you or Darren would kind of count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, so all the way to 14, and it would be like Doctor Doom. And it's like, okay, here we go. And then the dungeon master or the demo bar guy would, would battle and fight them out almost like a wrestling match. And whoever survived <laughs> got to go on like in Mortal Kombat and go forward. Yeah, I that, love that concept. The, the DM guy 
had all the fun. He got to play with them all. And the other two guys just sat there and watched it. Uh, no, but it was good because yeah. if you could win and if your guy could go on, I mean, it, it's very much like so many other games and, and gameplay and game styles that are happening now. People watch gameplay on Twitch. It's the same reason that you you and I watched wrestling and stuff because we yeah. had like the guys that we would root for and yeah. sometimes act out while playing the video games during league night with our own belts and our entrance music. Don't remember that at all, league night secrets. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's the same thing. Sure, like the demo bar guy would get to kind of fight them and stuff, and you know the the spectators would be disappointed. But it's it's Mortal Kombat with action figures. And it's I was got, I was got nervous when Darren was the DM because he was heavy handed. Um, when char- when characters or should I say the toys, uh, got punished, like just say it was like Magneto versus like Duke or something, like you know Duke would never stand a chance. Uh, that character got punished, man. And Darren would like throw the figure just to kind of accent how much more powerful Magneto was. So he would like blast him and then he would just chuck the Joe across. And you and I were kind of like, okay, like, I mean, it was good. It was good action. But I remember a lot of the Joes, like the O ring, oh, yeah. were just, and, and back then, right? We didn't, we didn't understand to take apart the figure. We were kids, right? So it's like when your O ring was loose, like that Joe was. He was done kind of thing and thumbs broke and weapons got lost and you know it was, it was so so damn fun though so fun and there was always voices and like powers and special effects yeah so know. we didn't i'm sure everyone does this but we didn't just you know bash the two characters we would become the character and i always loved playing so guys I, like optimus prime i love doing his voice I remember when the Toy Biz stuff came out doing Thanos and Silver Surfer and stuff like that. So we became the characters, much like League Night Wrestling. Um, so we'd act it out, and that was, that was a lot of fun, man. I mean, that was, again, I'm sure everyone did that. But for me, it was like taking playtime to the highest level you could because you were physically becoming that character. The other scenario that I love playing was basically like a gauntlet challenge. And I remember playing this lots of times where again it's not a story it's just here's where you start here's where you gotta go and it's like a minefield constant run so if you gotta come downstairs you don't know if there's people hiding behind like pillows and stuff that are gonna ambush you you don't know if little boats are gonna come out and rescue you you've just gotta get you know to the point the like the escape point kind of or you know if you're gonna go bomb the terradrome or whatever it is like that you've got to get to the goal and there's a lot of stuff that's gonna happen along the way and so you start going with snake eyes or whatever and you know you get the vehicles where you can get them and the boats and stuff and then here comes darren or you it's like heavy-handed oh there you go and it's like oh you're like again going across the room you like snake eyes and all of a sudden dr doom comes around the corner uh and it's it's over, you know, like you're dead. I, at yeah. least I think Snake Eyes would get his ass kicked against you. Yeah, yeah, pretty, that's pretty, pretty much. much where that ends. But I thought that would just be fun to to share some of our playtime scenarios that we did because, and we probably have talked about them once or twice. But with everybody trying to figure out new ways to play to kill time, because playtime is the best time. Um, it's it's funny how playtime evolves when you're a kid and how you quickly move from recreation of the cartoon episode or the movie to your own story uh, to mixing them up and then basically creating your own kind of game with the with the pieces that you've got um, and that happened fairly frequently and fairly fluidly as well. It's not like we ever kind of sat around saying, "Well, should we do double bar? Should we do mix up?" Or it was just like, "Well, let's just do this." I remember our, our games, our play sessions going, <clears throat> they were really long. And we could only usually do once a day. And when Darren and I, when I would stay over at Darren's, we would do usually two a night. And I remember it being physically exhausted, like being physically exhausted by the end of the night, just because the, the sound effects that came out of our mouth uh, yeah. were so intense and the explosions were so loud and, you know, we were just so into it. It was like a play. It was almost like a play is what it was like. So by the time we did the, the end of two games, we were just wiped. And then we'd go play, you know, Super Mario Brothers or whatever on the Nintendo. But uh, I think you and I together, we did Masters of the Universe the most. That's 
at least what sticks out of my memory the most. And a lot of it was outside. That stuff was I just remember great. That. I remember a lot of superhero stuff with you, especially like yeah. the early 90s stuff, the Toy yeah. Biz, the DC stuff. Yeah. I remember a lot of that stuff. And I, yeah, I remember the play sessions being like two hours. And a couple of times we would play and then like I'd get called for dinner. I'd run home, eat it in five minutes, run back to your place and we'd play. And then like the phone would ring. We'd look outside. We'd see that the sun had set. And it was my folks saying, Robbie, you got to come home. It's bedtime. It's a school night. And we'd be like, okay, we're like halfway through like this new epic mission. <laughs> and we got to come up with a conclusion right away because we can't stop. And so, you know, whatever happened, happened. And it was still just as, fat as, as as satisfying. But yeah, like drenched in sweat, you know, like voices sore. And Do just you remember getting, hard, getting the new figure, whatever the new figure was of the week or the month or whenever we got toys? And that remember that guy was always like super strong. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like because we wanted... It was just like cartoon episodes we, though, We right? wanted to like, get with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I distinctly remember playing in our next door neighbor's backyard, um, playing with the Toy Biz X Men, and yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know why, but I had Cyclops in my pocket, and he had like you know the little laser beam eyes, and like there was at a point where like the heroes were losing or whatever naturally, and I was like, but wait a second, <laughs> here he comes, you know, shooting his beams, and he was flying somehow, and I was like, and like. All of a sudden, he was like the best guy. That was the next, the next game, not so much. That was like when Deadpool came out. I remember when Deadpool came on the scene. Uh, he made his debut in a comic called New Mutants, uh, 98 to be specific. So there you go. And when Deadpool first got introduced, um, he was just a killer. Uh, he was like Weapon X, like Wolverine. He didn't have this Ryan Reynolds, Jim Carrey kind of personality, right? He was just a, an assassin. He was a ninja. So I remember... When he came out, that's the Deadpool that I knew. And he was just so wicked because both of his swords could go in his back like Storm Shadow, except the backpack was molded onto the back so you couldn't lose it. He had a dagger that uh, sprung out of his hand, I remember. Oh, that Deadpool figure was just awesome. And an action figure adventure, I think that figure makes a debut. Or not a debut, but we, we see him for a brief glimpse. He gets donated because he was in the that sacred bin. Yeah. But... Well, speaking of toys and new toys and the new heroes and being strong, I think we should get to Action Figure Spotlight for this week. Jay, do you have some figures to pick? Is it just one you've got on deck? Or? I have one. I have one that I want to showcase. And, of course, going to plug my YouTube channel. Because right after this show, my new video will be up. It is based off of this figure. Um, what, what would you guys say... If I was to tell you that I could change your entire future with a simple book, what would you guys say? Would you be up for it? <laughs> of course, uh, you, need, sure. you need the time. You need a time machine too. But <laughs> I'm continuing down the Back to the Future um, rabbit hole by NECA. This is the ultimate Biff Tannen. If you didn't. No, this is the Sports Almanac that is the MacGuffin in the entire series. And this is Biff. 1955 Biff, to be specific. And hopefully the glare is not so bad. We can see. Um, I do an unboxing of this figure on my YouTube channel. And that's going to drop at 9.30 right after this show. But guys, uh, I know, Rob, you're not so super sold on this line. But let me tell you, man, the, the two figures that I have checked out are just absolutely gorgeous. And they are high-end collectibles with being reasonably priced to 40 Canadian for a figure of this caliber with all these accessories you get. And each one has a, a special cover, so you know it's them. So guys, Biff Tenen. Yeah, and definitely check out Jay's YouTube channel following the show, or if you're catching this later or on the audio side, just you know, search Jay Bartlett. The Chef or The Exorcist is the wrong channel. <laughs> the Chef. Uh, <laughs> the Chef, that's the new one. Uh, yeah, it's not that I don't, I just, I don't know why I'm not hot on the line. Uh, it just doesn't do it for me to see those figures on a shelf the way that I get excited when I see a superhero or, or masters. I think yeah. the, the, the play, the playtime scenarios are just so limited in my head that it doesn't inspire me uh, more than the movie already does. And if it's going to be bigger than the movie or an extension of the movie, it needs to kind of take it to the next level in my brain and it just doesn't do it. 
What's what's great though? Um, I'm definitely storing him. I have him and Marty from '85 right now so far, and he's going to be stored on the shelf like this because that box art is absolutely gorgeous. And again, yeah, with like most of the modern figures, you could take out the tray, right? So the figure comes right out, and he goes right back in. Slide him right back in. It's like nothing happened. So you can have your cake and eat it too. I recommend it, guys. Check out the Back to the Future figures. They're friggin' amazing. From one of the greatest films of all time. I agree. I agree. Now, what I've got is a box here. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Big box. Now, it's it's not an Amazon box, despite it looking and, well, clearly labeled as an Amazon box. This comes from my good friend, Mr. Josh Van Pelt. Now, this is something I picked up from him not that long ago. Um, unlike Justice Curry... I don't feel like I need gloves to examine the contents of this box because Josh is a pretty straight shooter. He's, uh, he's never filled boxes of junk up for me before. So I'm not that worried about what I might find in here. Now, I of course know what I've purchased, but, um, and there's tons of tons of packing, which is awesome. Uh, now I'm I will anxious. tell you this. I will tell you this. This is not necessarily, oh my goodness, an action figure, but it is relatable material. It, and I will, it's funny I will you, allow it. <laughs> and it's funny that you hold up the Gray Sports Almanac, because I think this is a bit of an artifact itself and something that relates to the future. And not just any future of anybody, but... Oh, do you want me to play the drums? But, drum roll? Uh, one second. I got to take this out of some plastic. And we're building up some hype here. I would tell some jokes, right. but I don't know any to, to kind of break All right. Here so, we go. I'm going to remove the one sheet. So, this is a TV show Bible, a pitch book. It's an original pitch book for Captain Power. So this oh. is what was sent to different companies to pitch the concept as, a, as it originally appeared. Um, there you go. Wow. That's kind of more straight there. So that's original art that you can see kind of illustrated there. And within the pages are basically character descriptions and episodes and story guidelines and how, what the locations are, like the, the power base. Um, for example, here's a page on Blastar. It says, digitizer, shoulder-mounted, is used to reduce sentient creatures to computer chips. The chips are then stored in a chest compartment for transport to the overmind. Works like a swiveling ray gun. It has a proton bazooka, power charges, an energy leech, and electron blasters. So it's wow. all the character bios as it was all originally, you know, sorted out. And, and was it got... always intended to be a live action? Because it looks pretty cartoony it... on the... Yeah, the... it was always there. intended to be live action. Um, but the whole, you know, uh, interactive screen part wasn't their decision. That came from Mattel. They were saying, we've got this technology that we want to showcase. Can we make it work for this show? And so they found a way to kind of do it. But yeah, just to see the kind of like that art. And it's printed on photo paper, which is nice. But that is just a, a phenomenal find. And given that yeah. I'm such a fan of the show... It just when I had the chance to pick up an actual pitch Bible for it, I, I couldn't pass it. So this is, you know, one of those historical artifacts or relics. So um, that's a that's a piece that, yeah, if you have the opportunity to purchase it within your means, that's the kind of thing that you don't pass up because you won't see that again. That's yeah. Awesome. And what's oh, the part that killed me? Because when Josh and I started talking, he was showcasing some other stuff. And I said, you know, do you have any Captain Power material? And he's like, well. I just actually got rid of a bunch of stuff and it was killing me because he had uh, the concept. He had the concept art, like the stuff on that front cover there, but like all the different power suits, all the different villains and what they could look like, like all complete illustrations and stuff. But he had this left and I said, you know what? I want it. I a hundred percent want to watch it uh, or read through it. And then of course I went back and watched the, the captain power documentary that's on YouTube. So if you guys are really into captain power, you want to know why I'm so excited by it and why it's cool and why Jay likes it as well. Check out that documentary and it's a little bit revealing of how it came to be and why it came to be. 
Yeah, I got to check that out. Um, Silver Knight Kyle, thank you for uh, checking the video out after. I do appreciate that. Um, and if you guys, I know a lot of you guys in chat love Captain Power. Tune in next week because I got something really, really special to showcase to uh, Rob and you guys as well. That I found in the basement of treasures. I think you guys will really, really like that. So tune in next week for our action figure spotlight. Um, I can't wait to show off what, what I found down there. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited yeah. that we'll have back-to-back -back episodes with Captain Power references. Well, it's pretty much uh, in everyone anyway, so I'll <clears throat> join them. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to touch on before we go, Jay, and of course, we know everybody can find you on YouTube. Uh, Jay Bartlett, again, not the exorcist, not the chef. You've got lots of great reviews up there. It's my mission to get caught up with everything that you've to put up there as I do filming, and I just you have it on the background. So that's my new mission to get caught up with some of your reviews. And everybody can find me basically just on our YouTube channel. If you find the Jane Rob Toy Show on YouTube, just interact with me there. That just keeps things easy. But Jay, I wanted to talk to you about Disney Plus's brand new titles that are old favorites. And that, of course, is Battle for Endor and Caravan of Courage, plus some Star Wars holiday special cartoon selects and all the talk that's happening online and questions of, are we going to get figures for Battle for Endor and Caravan of Courage? What do you think? Should we get them? Shouldn't we? It's funny. The other the other month, actually, two months ago, I was talking to uh, Eric, who is actually um, Noah. No, sorry, Mace. He's Mace in the caravan, of whatever it's called, the Ewok one. Uh, I, I've been following him for a while, and I reached out to him, and we just started talking about it. And he's made his career just being mace you know he calls himself the original mace right the original mace being in the ewok movie and i believe it's called the vintage collection on disney plus which i also am a big fan of that title i think it's Correct. great i think it's really great i like to see um the holiday special it's really funny though they didn't put any of the live action stuff they just put the origin of boba fett um it's great man and uh, this stuff is not necessarily canon but i think disney is now starting to understand what the expanded universe means to us as fans of Star Wars. And there was a, a long period of time, a decade, when we had nothing but expanded universe. So when they abolished all that stuff, it was really insulting to us who had continued to follow Star Wars since uh, the figure stopped in 85. I think it's wonderful. Uh, I haven't checked any of this stuff out now, but it will, it'll be um, actually really nice to see the cartoon and, and crystal clear quality instead of the bootleg that's always on YouTube. Because the, the mm -hmm. holiday special ever was only shown once. So that recording is literally the only one you can ever find on YouTube. People have cleaned it up, but it's still pretty pretty grainy. Yeah, and I had never watched Battle for Endor, and I haven't seen Caravan of Courage, but my son was watching Battle for Endor on the weekend. And it's actually not that bad. You know, I don't know why I was never hot on it before and never took the time to go back and get yeah. it. I think it's one of those things that... For me, it only was available on bootlegs, and there just wasn't enough hype around it for me to kind of make the time for it. But it's a good, you know, 80s fantasy, family-friendly kind of adventure, Ewoks and, and all that. But they're both Ewok movies, uh, and yeah. they're both made within a year of each other, direct-to-home video. Uh, but what I really love, Jay, is the the art that they've included for them on Disney+. Plus. Uh, with this, you know, signature Star Wars kind of silver banding around it, taking uh, the poster art images from the theatrical posters and putting yeah. it there. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, okay, that deserves to be on a card back. We need to see these characters. Even if there's sure. only like three or four characters, you know, released for each film, they now have the media to support the interest. And again, certainly Star Wars groups, you're going to see people talking about this. How do we get these figures? When are they going to be coming out? And we've had, we've had uh, expanded universe figures since 1996, 1997. So it's nothing new to Star Wars. Up until this year, we got Darth Nihilus in the Black Series. So yeah, they, they can absolutely do it. I would love to see uh, Noah, who's played by Wilford Brimley. Uh, I mean, I got his signature at a con a couple of years ago, and he signed uh, a Noah picture that he had. Right? I would love to see him as a figure. I think it would be amazing. I agree. That would be awesome. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that for another episode of the Jay and Rob Toy Show. Thanks again for watching, guys. Um, you know, we, we never know where these conversations are going to go. So what's new? doesn't matter. Well, what's new is this was a new episode and a new chance for us to hang out and talk with you, which is always nice. And hopefully you enjoyed our playtime memory discussion. And if not, there'll be another episode next week 
Does it matter? Yes, it does matter. Uh, <laughs> Jay, Jay, you've already said people can find you on your YouTube channel, which is great. Yeah. People can interact with me here on our YouTube channel for the Jay and Rob Toy Show. Let's end it like we end all our episodes, Jay. For the love of toys and the warmth of scarves, take care of yourself. And each other. And sorry I don't have a scarf on this week. I apologize. It's officially over at this point. That's, that's <laughs> the thing. You, we we got to strike that line now. But the good news is playtime is what, Jay? Playtime is always the best time. That's right. Take care, everyone. We love you. We'll see you. Take those shelfies and send them our way. Cheers. <laughs>